0: Cooler Money, Speak Out, Speak Truth, the Dialogue segment. What is this dialogue about? It is about honest and often poignant discussions between Cooler Money guest speakers or interviews of them, ranging from those with same or similar beliefs and perspectives to those about as far as you can go on the opposite side of the spectrum. The focus is on bringing level-headedness to the table by first identifying some common basic ground, not necessarily in positions or beliefs, but definitely including them, but at a minimum, Basic human decency, respect, and non-aggression at the table for the sake of a civil, even if testy, discussion of a given matter. This is Cool Money, Speak Out, Speak Truth, the dialogue segment. I'm your host, Mustafa Ladalla, and our guest speakers here today are my op, my comrade Parkie, Brother Ezra Martin, possibly accompanied by his wife, uh, Sister Nikita, his flower's queen, and it's an honor to have them both here today. But uh, she might be heading out the door. So we're gonna see if we can get her her input in before this uh this segment finishes. Asalam Aleikum. Well alaykum.
1: Alaykum.
0: all right, listeners. Uh, for a related interview and in, uh with a little fuller background, you can check out 360, our 360 Four Circle segment from Born Lord little C to a lost slave in most need of his mercy and forgiveness. But again, uh, our, uh Sister Nikita, the question here today is why Islam? And some of the questions that follow will give you an opportunity to answer that. But first, I think the people would like to know what is Islam? So, what is Islam? Uh, Akhtar
2: Islam is a total way of life that we believe as Muslims that was prescribed by Allah from all of creation, uh, human creation and uh, from the time of Adam up until our present day. It's the playbook for a man to live his life in accordance with the way he is created his natural fitra, his natural nature. And it's the it's the playbook that gives you the most peace, the most uh grounding. Islam gives you the most practicality in far as living life, living a balanced life, a life that's filled with uh uh, tranquility and peace, which is Islam is often often translated as peace, and the word it does have the same um, root word as the word salam, but it's a little more than that. It's actually how do you arrive at that state of salam or at that state of peace? And it's by following the injunction laws and and guidelines that Allah sent down to mankind. That that like I said, that coincides with His nature. And Islam, I, I don't believe in Islam has an equal in any system in the world, as far as being practical, being applicable, and being relevant to the human existence in this day and age. For me, that's what Islam is in totality.
0: Okay, okay. A well, question here for both of you, uh, Sister Nikita, as well as uh, you uh Were either of you previously Christian or raised with Christian beliefs? Sister Nikita?
1: like alaikum. I was... uh raised
0: ever
1: yeah. i was raised as a child baptist and my other grandmother was jehovah witness but i was not a doubtful devout uh follower of each being a kid i didn't have a choice so i followed what my grandmother's followed.
2: okay
1: did you start key huh?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I obviously come up like most black Americans come up in a Christian surrounding, sick Christian environment. My mother uh, uh, became what they call saved and saved when I was probably around eight or nine, and she was extremely devout. So I grew up under that influence, uh, uh, going to church, participating in church events, choir, and, and the children programs, and so forth and so on. And it's ironic because uh, they used to always say that I was going to be a preacher, a preacher and everybody else.
0: They used to call me little preacher.
2: He going to be a preacher. That's a little preacher right there. You know, whenever they had a children's program, I would play Jesus or I would play, you know, whatever the lead role was. And, um, so, yeah, I had that that uh foundation. But, you know, like I said before, in the previous episode, 360 episode, at the age of 11, once I heard the name of Allah, it just shifted. You know, that's that's from that point on I never pray, thought, or talked to God without thinking of him as being Allah and the oneness of Allah. It was like a media it was a ship. It just once I heard the name, it just settled in my heart. And I've never thought of him as anything other than Allah the ones without partners or associates. Okay. Uh Sister
0: Nikita, what was your introduction uh, to the Dean of Islam?
1: I'm sorry, can you
0: repeat it? Yeah, so what was your introduction to the Dean of Islam?
1: Um, it was through my husband, Ezra, brother Ezra. Yeah. Um, he just was the truth. He would tell me certain things and me not being Muslim, I didn't understand. I would second guess, but as time went on and life went on, I understood that Islam is perfect because everything that he was teaching me and showing me always came back full circle in our life to show me that this is what Allah prescribed and that it's perfect for us.
0: Good. And of course, I mean, now this is a little uh, FYI for the listeners, for the audience. You know, these, uh, these are my comrades, my friends. And so I know a little bit about uh, that as well. And I know a part of that was actually seeing him, not just seeing it, but actually not just talking, but actually walking the walk. I'm pretty sure that had an impact as well.
1: Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. People can say a lot of things, but when you do them, say them and do them and show them in actions, then it was different for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. so the question is, both of you, either one of you can answer first, what are the differences, is one of the similarities you notice between the two in terms of Christianity and Islam?
2: Uh, similarities um, it's, it's it's not many and I don't mean that in any condescending or, or disrespectful way I just mean as far as practicality because for for Muslims Islam is a way of life so you know like I know I, that there is no aspect of your existence that Islam doesn't prescribe a method for you know whether it's how do you um, conduct business how do you uh, conduct your relationships, everything from your marriage to your, your relationship with your parents, relationship with your children, uh, all the way to how do you clean yourself when you use the bathroom? And there's nothing comparable to that in any, on any level, uh, in any other religion, particularly like Christianity. They, you know, it's, it's kind of like a freestyle in Christianity. You kind of get a general outline. The Bible says X, Y, and Z. And then you just fill in the blanks based on what you think that means. Islam gonna take you from step A to Z, exactly how you apply those the you know steps to, to fulfill it. And so the uh, similarities other than um encouraging you to have a strong relationship with God, you no, know, probably not many similarities. The differences is vast because as a matter of fact, I was speaking to my mother the other day. I was uh on the road, um and I was telling her that I need to pull over at some point so I can make my prayer. And, you know, I, I was also telling her I was a little tired. I'll probably pull over and get some rest, too. And she said, well, you know, y'all to get some rest. And, you know, you it ain't going to hurt if you miss one prayer. You know, God knows where your heart at." And I told her that's it. <laughs> I told her, I said, that's that's not really, you know, how, how it works in Islam. Because the purpose of the five daily prayers is that you place in Allah um, In the forefront, no matter what you're doing. And I said, why? Why would I be tired? I'm tired because I've been driving. Why I'm driving so long? Because I'm working. Why I'm working? Because I'm chasing money. So, if I can do all of this and chase money, I can take five minutes out and make my slot. You know what I'm saying? That's not an excuse because you're, you're tired. Because you're tired because you're chasing the world. You ain't, you know. And so. And then, and then let me
0: interject briefly, and then just so the audience to notice this as well. As you were uh, commenting, because me and you happen to have a conversation during one of those trips, you know, he's a, he's a driver, he's on the road. Allah even makes accommodations for that. You know, you have to join another prayer. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, so go, yeah, uh, go
2: ahead. Yeah, exactly. Making it easy. And and he makes it easy. So really, I told her, so really, it's really no excuse, you know, being tired because, you know, the whole purpose of making Salat at the times that's prescribed is showing that Allah, no matter what's going on, he in the forefront. Whether it's the morning prayer that happens before dawn, you're telling Allah that sleep is that he more important than sleep. And so you get up and meet him where he told you to meet him at. And the afternoon prayer, doing a bus hustle and bustle of the day, you're able to stop doing all that and turn to Allah. And so those are the differences. It's, you know, the approach that I that I know and that I see. And I have many Christians in my family, some of my closest relatives, immediate family, mothers, sisters, they Christian. Is that you know they have the they pray when they want to, and it seems on face value that that's a good deal. But really, that's what ends up happening is that that's exactly what people do. They pray when they want to. They pray to God when they feel like it, not when He tells them to, not when he, so you know it's very convenient that you can do it on your own schedule. And what happens when you follow your own schedule is you end up giving a lot the least, rather than giving the most. And so for the, Islam prescribes. A way for us to maximize our efforts in in trying to please a lot, rather than minimize it. That's that's my belief. That's the way I see it.
0: Yeah, and let me add a little commentary on that. And we're gonna go ahead to the next question. But this is a dialogue here, uh, and it's interesting. And I can agree totally with uh with your response there. What I see in terms of similarities that myself, what made Islam so familiar with to me. Is that when I went to the Holy Quran, i seen the names of prophets that I was already familiar with. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. some of the similarities I find. You know, the Prophet Adam, uh, alayhi salam, the Prophet Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Noah, uh, Musa, which is Moses in, in the English tongue, uh, Yusuf, you know, Joseph, on down the line, the Prophet Issa, you know, Jesus, alayhi salam, and of course, you know, the Holy Quran brings it home with the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. And what some people don't know is that you actually had a name Jesus, Issa, mentioned in the Holy Quran by name a lot of times in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu but of course the Holy Quran is revealed to the Prophet Muhammad. So that's not necessary, but just that fact alone will let people know that when we're talking about all these prophets, which all came through Islam, you know, it's the same it's the same message, the same message of Tawheed, the one the one Allah, the one creator, you know, the one uh, you know, the one most merciful. And that's a lot for us. You know, some say Elohim, Jehovah, or whatever, but it's a lot for us. And so when you understand that, the message that the prophets brought, brought as opposed to what's been delayed after them. You know, again, as a brother just mentioned, uh, you know, uh, people kind of playing it by ear. And that's what kind of happened with the scripture. But we have in the Holy Quran the same scripture from four, over 1,400 years ago, unchanged. You can have different English translation, but the Arabia, the Arabic from which the translation comes from, remains the same. Uh, I just want to add that little note. No,
2: that. Yes, sir.
0: Okay, so the question here, and this is again for both of you, uh well you kinda kinda spoke on a little bit in your responses, but why the reversion? And you can kinda comment on why we use the word reversion as opposed to conversion of from Christianity to Islam why the reversion to Islam, and who did you
2: know, and what made you know that Islam was for you? Okay, so, you know, when you hear the word revert or reversion, like you said, what Muslims are actually saying is that Allah says in the Quran that that in, in Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he further expounded on it in Hadith, is that every human being is created on a natural state of fitra, which, which is, you have a natural inclination to worship something Besides yourself, you know instinctively that there is something greater than you. And we believe as Muslims that that all comes from one source, who is Allah. And so every child is born, not a sinner, but on a, in a natural state of submission to the oneness of God. And as he grows up, his environments and his parents uh, force him, like my wife spoke on, to choose a different way. It takes them away from the natural state, you know, whether it's a different religion, non-religion, or ex Gnostic, whatever it is. And so once you find Islam again and you come back to your natural state, it's a reversion, meaning that you revert and you're coming back to your natural state. And so a lot of Muslims say revert, convert. It's not really nothing to debate about or you know, and argue about which which word applies. But those who do use the word revert, it just simply means that they return into their natural state that we believe is Islam.
0: Okay. And so uh, the question, Sister uh, Nikita, and then Brother Afaki, you can come back to this. When did you know, or what made you know that Islam was for you? Mm. I
1: don't know the exact point. Um Yeah. Being totally honest with you i uh felt that uh maybe a few months after my husband and I were married um, we went to a uh, uh, Islamic function and for me, it was very different. men and women were separated um and I had anxiety about it, but thinking about it again, Allah's plan is perfect because. Men and women, human nature, weren't able to mingle with one another and do and look at each other and be haram. So that was one of the first things that I thought. Initially, again, I had anxiety, but sitting down and really thinking about it and realizing it, it was perfect. Um, Maybe we were here how long? A year? Close to a year. And that whole year, my husband kept saying, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Because, of course, he wants his wife to be Muslim. (laughs) And I just kept telling him, I don't know. And one day it just was in my heart and we were out shopping, actually. And I said, I have something I want to tell you. And he said, what? And I said, I want to take my shahada Because, again, watching him. Hearing him being around other Muslims, and then I was already making salat with my husband and reading Quran with him, and Allah was filling me. So it was just I had uh, it was for me to take that step because it was already in my heart.
0: Yeah, and let me ask you this: wasn't uh wasn't Joseph I think I think Brother missing this before. Wasn't it during uh, during uh the month of Ramadan one year? It was right before. Okay, right before alhamdulillah Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh I have, well, you kinda answered that question. The next question was gonna be whether any were there any trepidations with marrying uh Ezra a Fakih the Muslim? And you pretty much answered that already. Um uh, <laughs> so the next question I have is this, and <laughs> it kind of it kinda uh flew on my desk. no another situation, I ain't gonna get into it, but here's the next question. Have either of you heard the phrase "Quote unquote, real Muslims being used by anyone you know or, or don't know for that matter when referring to Muslims from predominantly Islamic country. You know, like you know, those are real Muslims there. Have any yeah. ever heard that phrase?
2: Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's just it's just uh, probably a uh, what they call it a Freudian slip. At the same time, you know, it's just um, based on ignorance, because I guarantee you, the person who used that probably is under the impression that. Um, every Muslim is an Arab regardless of where they are from or you know what they look like. They say if they Muslim, they, they 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 not American, then they must be Arab So they, in their mind, they think that Islam is that is a is a Arab Arabia mm-hmm. religion, and every Muslim is a Arab or and or air. Every Arab is a Muslim, yeah. and we know that Arabs as a whole make up a very small percentage of Muslims worldwide. The largest Muslim countries is not Arab, you know, um, and a lot of Arabs is not Muslims. You know, you have Christian Arabs and Jewish Arabs, and, you know, and the run the Gala like every other, they probably atheists and so forth and so on. But I think that, you know, people who use that just don't know. They think that uh, speaking a certain tongue is what makes you a, a true Muslim, you know, wearing a, a Jalabi or kafaya over your head. And, and having a beard is really what makes you a Muslim, but those things don't really um, bring you closer to Allah necessarily unless you're doing them for his sake. Yeah, yeah.
0: you have any public uh, comment on it, uh, Sister Nikita? Um, at,
1: when I, I mean, first...
0: I Go
1: for I have not heard that term, but when I first reverted, uh, a few people would ask me that was I a real Muslim, and I didn't understand what they meant, so by you and my husband just explaining that, I do understand now, but I had never heard it in prior to me reverting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and, and let me say this too, I'll add my own little commentary a little bit to that. Uh, I've even heard in the context broader than what you explained, and, and I think in most cases it is, it is exactly how you explained, but in some cases just anybody that's perceived as perceived as coming from an Islamic country, even African countries. And in fact, and you know, without throwing any shade, I mean, just, just stating the fact, I once had a friend, uh, that was from Morocco. And so he was raised in an Islamic country, predominantly Islamic country, uh, where, you know, you hear the muezzin, you know, giving the call to prayer daily. Uh, and he was raised in an Islamic family, but And I found this is not uncommon. We were watching a program one day on TV. And he made a statement when he seen some Christians. And it was kind of a derogatory statement, but it was called the Prophet Isa, alayhi salam. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Uh, you disrespecting one of the prophets. So he's like, no, that's not our prophet. That's a Christian prophet. And And so, and here we are. And I know the brother had the Holy Quran because he happened to give me a beautiful Holy Quran. And so... It was, I was, I was, I was, and I was baffled. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, you don't know that the prophet, this is one of our prophets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we had to go through this whole thing and pull out the Quran and everything for him to get to understand. Wait a minute, man. This is one of our prophets. So it, but, it, but it dawned on me, you can be from a predominantly Islamic country, raised amongst Muslims, but you're only doing what you see. It's like a custom more so than a belief system. So his knowledge of the Quran was very limited. His knowledge of the prophets was more limited than somebody coming out of Baptist church. You know what I'm saying? And that was my first time ever encountering something like that. It was assumed that he knew certain things. He knew Arabia. He knew how to speak Arabic. So it was assumed that he knew other things that we associate with it, but it was simply not the case. And I think you have that more often or more common than people would like to believe. You Mm -hmm. have some brothers and sisters that come from Islamic countries. Not necessarily Arabic countries, but those countries too. African countries, different places that are predominantly uh, Islamic tradition, and some of them only know Islam food tradition. They make salat because they've seen their parents making salat, if they make it at all. And they do things that become customary, that's customary to the dean, but it's not based on knowledge. It's not based on anything that's deeply rooted in their heart. They're just falling yeah. just like some people in this country do. They do, things that other, that, that they, they do things that they see. You know, we got our own little culture. Whether you're talking about hip-hop culture... Christian culture, or whatever it is, and so uh yeah, definitely the audience needs to know that salaam. Well, like okay, the question here I have uh not an answered that, that was a real good response uh question for sister Nikita here, and you can answer too, arc after this cause I know she got another arrangement, another uh, engagement uh how do you make Islam central in your life while still balancing uh the secular aspects, which are not necessarily accommodating Islam. I mean, I know you are a director at a a dental facility, if my understanding is correct. And so how do you do that? How do you make Islam central in your life while still balancing the secular aspects of it?
1: Um, Well, first and foremost, I want to say that Allah placed me in that position. And I had no doubts about if I would put him first and foremost in my life. Um, When I'm at work and Salat comes in, most times, 99.9% of the times, I tell my staff and the doctors that uh, I have to go make Salat. That's what's important to me. They understand they are very accepting of Islam, so they understand, but uh, that is most important to me. And as my husband spoke previously, the five prescribed salats are to get you back to a lot. So I may be having a day from chaotic, and when those salats come in, it always grounds me and takes me back to the way I should be as a person, as a Muslim, as a woman, and those are needed for me. So I always put him first. When we are slow at work, I read Quran on my phone and – um Stuff like that. Uh, a lot of my staff and patients ask me a lot of questions about Islam because they see that I hijab and I uh, follow the law. So it's hamdulillah has not been hard for me to keep Islam first in my life, even though I'm a director of a dental office.
0: Alhamdulillah, and that kind of answered the second question, which you know I'll switch over and that uh, uh, I'll answer some of this. But the second question was going to be, and what are some of the specific ways in which you implemented the in which you implement the Deen daily, and you just commented on it. And in fact, I include, you know, explaining the Deen to uh, to some of your staff and customers because implemented daily includes, of course, you know, reading, Holy Quran. But when you are basically giving dawah, that's definitely implemented Deen as well. So alhamdulillah. Um, um, alhamdulillah. Uh, sister, I know you got another uh, engagement with some uh, with some of the sisters, a the picnic or some some of the yes, effect? yes. Uh, but, but give us a little comment on that. I mean, that's implemented the, the dean, too. Uh, what is the occasion and you know, what is it going to consist of?
1: Come um, to allow, uh, COVID took our <laughs> umrah away from us. And uh, w- there's a lot of uh, sisters in our masjid, and we are very close. So we try to do things, of course, Islamically, but also just for us as women, as mothers, where we may go out to eat and just get together and laugh and talk. Of course, yes, we still make our five salats. We don't do anything haram, but it's our time. So uh, the imam's wife usually uh, suggests things. So we are going to a park. Uh, everyone's bringing a dish. They're bringing kids if they want to, and just the sisters. And we just sit around and talk and get to know other new sisters if they move to Colorado Springs or new to the Masjid or new to Islam. And it's just nice and beautiful. And I tell my family, my friends and everyone, I do not miss this world, the worldly things that I used to do. My aunt came up from Chicago last week and she said, I'm so proud of you that you still cover for Chuck. And I stopped her and I said, I don't cover for Chuck. I cover for Allah. I cover for me because this is what He prescribed. Yes, I cover because my husband and family are the only people who are supposed to see me as far as males. But my main reason for covering is because this is what Allah has prescribed. Under,
0: um, uh, and FYV, before the audience, uh, Chuck, that's Brother Faqi, that's Ezra, that's a family name. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's all good. Hey, listen, and, and that right there is implemented Dean as well because what you were talking about is building and strengthening sisterhood. You know, just yes. like the brothers need to build and strengthen brotherhood. So that's that's a, a a a very important part of the dean because without it, you know, it's chaos, it's it's backbiting, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it's slander. Yes, alhamdulillah. So little pastor, I appreciate it. Uh we're glad we had the opportunity to uh get your input here. I'm not gonna hold you up longer because you got that appointment. So Alhamdulillah, uh we've been honored to have you on today and uh have a safe uh, trip. Uh I mean a safe uh, yeah trip to the to the picnic and may it be a beautiful occasion. As salamu
1: alaykum.
0: salam. Uh, brother Faki, Ezra. Salaamu alaykum. I'm too and, and and sort of the same two questions before I switch to I think the final two and that's basically, uh, you know, how do you make uh, Islam central in your life while balancing the secular? In this case, you're on the road, driving the truck, but also some specific ways in which you implement the deen daily. So that's kind of a two part question uh, balancing Islam uh, when some of the secular aspects isn't necessarily so accommodating, and also uh, some spe- specific ways in which you implement the deen daily. Uh, is, uh,
2: those both of those questions are really important. And it's really a good question, especially for Muslims. Um, first and foremost, I think, you know, my approach to it is, is is inverted. So I don't think about how to apply Islam in my life throughout the day. I think about how to apply my, my life in Islam. So when I, when I schedule anything, what I'm doing, whether it's work, whether it's, I mean, literally, whether it's a job I take, whether it's, uh, you know, interacting with people, whether it's doing something just uh, secular, you know, something fun, going to a game or something. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to be doing when prayer time comes. How am I going to have access to be able to make the lot, uh, Where, when, whatever. And so, you know, that's how I approach everything. Like I said, with a job, if the, if the, op- if the uh, option is there, not, not even the option making, going to Juma'ah on Friday, that's almost a non-negotiable. And by the grace of Allah, um, prior to us having our own business, um, I, was never, well, I was never in a situation where I had to choose between um, Salat and, I mean, Juma'ah prayer, Friday prayer, and work. I always, was, Allah made it easy for me. My job would let me out, and I would be able to go and come back or whatever. But that's how that's how I approach it. I I'm always thinking of Islam first. I put Islam central. So
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And and uh with one more question. It was kind of comment followed by a question and it's some uh that I did ask in the previous uh segment we did the three sixty full circle, but I think it should be added here as well. And I like to paraphrase uh, a saying that's attributed to uh Khalifa Ali Radalahuano that when a person has a good impression of you, prove it true. And uh as I mentioned then, I mentioned again here, I have rarely met a person that mentions knowing you or even meeting you that has not expressed, you know, being positively impacted or honored to have done so and I uh, as I said then as well in the previous uh, segment, uh I've heard similar things with regard to Sister Nikita and the fact that she's gonna be uh or she's leaving out now, you can kind of answer on both of you beh- both of your behalves. And I guess the question is, we know it's from a lot, but why do you think that's so? And what do you do, going back to the uh, the phrase, when a person has a good impression of you, prove it true. What do you do to prove it true? And why do you think that's so? Uh, and I
2: think, I think like I, like we spoke about it before. You know, for me, I I'm like the brother Malcolm said, you know, what what uh comes from the heart reaches the heart. And so for me, it's just about being sincere. You know, and, and sincere in my intention. And, and so if I give advice to a person, it's, it's from a sincere place. I don't have ulterior mode. I'm not trying to score a point or, you know, none of that. It's just, okay, what do I have to offer? I can say X, Y, and Z, and hopefully a person to benefit from it. If not, uh, you know, my intentions was, was pure. I didn't, you know, I didn't have no bad intention. And second of all, just trying to, uh, Make sure that people understand that that I don't have any uh, ulterior motives and and making checking my intentions myself, you know, within myself, understanding. Okay, why are you saying and doing a certain thing towards a certain person? Do you have any ulterior motives? And if I do to check them and if I don't, then go forth with my with my advice. So I think over the years, any reputation that I have for any good is because, like I said before, a lot has covered up my fault. So people only see the good of me. But at the end of the day, I pray that, you know, that Allah make me as they see me um, and in the best in the best light and that I you know don't fall short. And, and I think my wife I, is I think my wife is not a reflection of, of me because she has her own individual mind. But I think that we complement each other well in that aspect. And I think people who know us. They probably look at the cosmetics of our relationship. We've often been told that we, you know, a good-looking couple together. We always, you know, complimented each other as far as the way we appear physically. And then once you talk to either or or both of us, you kind of get a sense that we kind of grounded. And I've seen it over and over again where um, where where people in a relationship, married couples um, that's been married longer than us. The woman would naturally gravitate to my wife and take her as a counselor. You know, my, I mean, a brother relationship is just that, that a friend and counsel anyway. But the woman would just meet my wife, the first time they meet her, they would just, you know, ask her advice and seek her counsel. And, and so I think that, like I said, I think it's just a reflection of sincerity. And I pray that Allah um, continues to use us for, uh, as a source of good, good information, a good example. And if we fall short it, we pray that he forgive us.
0: am going to And the final question here, this is again a question that was asked and answered in uh, the 364 Circle segment. Again, I, I asked the listeners to check that out uh, from uh, uh, from Born Lord to Little C. Uh, a five key, uh, a live slave, in most need of his mercy and forgiveness. But this final question is this, and it's, 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 based on the, it's in relation to a comment that I've often heard you say, and that is, give a law or give Islam a chance. And let the people know one more time. What do you mean by that when you say, you know, give Allah, give Islam a chance?
2: And so that I I I kinda developed that that um mantra when I was in prison and I used to share with brothers who was leaving and brothers who had the uh prospects of leaving. And what basically you're saying that in the joint, we know that Islam um, makes your it, it makes you a bit easier. Let's let's be honest. If you if you pick up Islam and you give it even a tenth of effort, it's gonna make your life easier in there. You're gonna you're gonna be disciplined, your time, you're gonna be structured. Um it gives you clarity about how to approach certain situations and, and in most cases you able to avoid fitna unless Allah puts you through it. You like at least self imposed fitna. And so you can migrate through your bit because you following a structure that has um a concept that has structure to it that's beneficial. My my uh, a- a- imploration towards other people is take that same mindset when you come out here. Now, when you come out and say you take somebody who hasn't been across by the grace of Allah, they've never been in that situation, but they found Islam. It's about just for a, a moment in your life, if you embrace Islam, embrace it wholeheartedly to the point to where you look to Islam for the answers to your problems. You look to Islam for the, the uh, clarity that you have in a state of confusion. You look to Allah for strength in a moment of weakness. Like give Islam a chance, not half-heartedly, not you no know, partially, but fully. Just give Islam a chance to be the solution to your problems because like I said, Islam is perfect. So you may have a situation where uh, you don't you don't have any money. And you looking for a job and the only job option that you have is something that's 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 uh, shunned by Allah, you know, something that you shouldn't be doing. And you say, man, I need this money, man. I'm just forget this. God understand. And then you take the job anyway. And it's something you're not supposed to be doing, like working in a bar or something like that. That's not giving Islam a chance. Giving Islam a chance is saying that I'm I'm a trust in Allah. It's something else better going to come. And I know for a fact that there is no sacrifice that you make for the sake of Allah that he ain't going to replace it with something better. You know, so giving Islam a chance is about just allowing your decisions in your life to be based on what Allah say. Not what you think, not what you feel, not what you want to happen, not what you wish would happen, but what Allah and his messenger have prescribed and just trust in that process. And you will see, like my wife and I both said uh, earlier. That Islam is perfect. It does not leave any aspect of human existence out. And it has a prescription for it, and a prescription is always right.
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, let's end it right there, out. Uh, you know, got another engagement coming, bro. Uh, let me say this here. This is pool of money, Speak out, speak truth. The truth has been spoken, and that is why Islam, uh, Sister Nikita, or Brother Faki, Sister Nikita Speaks, It's been a blessing. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum, salam.